Hello and welcome to another edition of Back of the Grid. I'm your host this week, I'm Stu, and I'm joined as always by Chris. Hello. And only Chris this week. We've got no Tom this week because he's uh, away on holiday enjoying himself. Lucky, he is. Lucky man. Um, how are you doing, Chris? You all right? Good. A little tired. I'm, I'm back from tired. back from the land of Verstappen. Oh, you went to Amsterdam, didn't I you? Did. How was Amsterdam? Well, weirdly, I was in Amsterdam on a race weekend where Verstappen won literally everything. And I literally didn't see a hint of Verstappen or F1 anywhere in the entire city, which I was quite surprised by. I thought I'd see at least mm. a few slightly leery Dutch fans on Sunday night, it's- but... It's no interesting, isn't it? It's it's the probably one of the well, one of if not the biggest sport in the world, most the most watched sport in the world, and yet you go to other countries and it's very difficult often to find other yeah. Formula One fans, isn't it? Yeah, little, little why bit weird. is that? Don't know. So if why is that? F one fans in Amsterdam need to step your game up. It was there, mm. not not a, not a sign of you. Zanvoort's not even that far away. Not even a number 33 anywhere? Nothing. Not a thing. Not even Nothing. like... Show a, show a Verstappen fan a number 33 and they just <laughs> go mental straight away. There wasn't even like a cardboard cutout in a shop like promoting some cans of Red Bull or something. Like literally yeah. Oh, nothing. what was it? What's the one? Is it Jumbo? Jumbo is the one. Yeah, I did, like I did see a few, store, isn't few it? branches of Jumbo. That was the closest no, I got. But still no Max Verstappens though. I didn't actually go in a Jumbo is the thing. Ah. Um. I was never. I, I wonder how long it would, going past on a tram. So, I wonder how long it would take you af- if after walking into a jumbo until you see something Max Verstappen related. They're just playing Super Max on loop constantly. Yeah. It's part of the contract. <laughs> you walk in, but it's like a like a, a bridged version, you know, like a <laughs> like a lo-fi hip hop yeah. version of it. Just for those like store. chill shopping vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, anyway, there was a race this weekend, so we should probably talk let's do about that. that to to some degree. Um let's start with Red Bull. We're gonna do like a talking pointsy kind of thing because it's um uh, because we're disorganized. So this <laughs> It was week, a busy old weekend uh, as well. It was a busy it was a there's a lot going on, an awful lot going on. We had a sprint race, we had qualifying, we had an actual race. Um yeah, lots to talk about. So Heck of a qualifying um, session as well. My goodness, yes. So, do you want to start with qualifying? Shall we just talk about qualifying? Yeah, I mean, it was I'm very... I'm going off script already. Going off script immediately. It was a very, um... Sort of... Long. <laughs> yeah, long and the very stop-started, which I appreciated because I was on a long drive at the time. So, that took up, like, most of my drive just listening to qualifying. So, that was nice. But, yeah, it was very... They felt very keen to throw red flags, it felt. Like... Yeah. A lot definitely. of them were understandable. Some of them were a little... Keen. It was just a bit. It was a little bit trigger happy. But then I think like there's not an awful lot of runoff, is there? Really? No. Like, it'd be, it's one of those circuits where you could quite easily have people, it, you know, where people were going off, like at that um, at the bottom of the hill, um, and then getting touching onto the paint on the left, and then just spinning out into yeah. the gravel. It seemed like they were all going in exactly the same direction, and I think they just didn't want sort of people spearing into each other yeah. spearing into stricken cars so it kind of made, I think it does make sense like they were they were saying on commentary that they were a bit trigger happy with it but I would rather that than it be the other way around and something awful happens so, exactly yeah. yeah I don't really have much of a problem with it to be better honest. safe than sorry in those conditions yeah having said that someone who will not 
have appreciated all the red flags is anyone who works for Mercedes because <laughs> they just got absolutely every time by it every single time. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. There's a few drivers it happens. Yeah, to be. but yeah, they just be, those guys being in the position they're in and sort of being the sort of what you expect from Mercedes that they yeah they just got hit really really hard by those and it was really unlucky for them. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> they've had plenty of luck over the years so mm. yeah um i'm sure there are a lot of people not too bothered about yeah it. not minding it one bit <laughs> yeah um so how should we do this shall we shall i go down this list or do you want to yeah just let's just do like wing it? drive by driver team by team maybe okay um well, let's start with and, and this is kind of like across the race weekend as well this is a little bit different the way we're doing it so. yeah so um, let's start with Red Bull's race weekend. So um, maximum points for Verstappen um, with the race win, sprint win, fastest lap. So excellent result for him. It was the first one two for Red Bull since Malaysia 2016, which is crazy that I've gone that long without a one two. With all the you know, I, I know they've had a rough patch in that time, but they've had a lot of success in that time as well. It's crazy. Mm. I mean, I guess they've just. <sighs> I think that just tells the story of their driver choices, doesn't it, in that period of time? I think so, but I don't... You know, is Perez better than Gasly, for example? Well, that's a big question. Yeah. That's what we do on this podcast. Perez is performing better in the second seat at Red Bull right now than Gasly did for the majority of his time there. How about that for a tiptoeing around... (laughs) answer that's a that's a very chris answer to that question <laughs> um yeah I, I i don't know if i don't know i don't really know the answer to that question actually it's really a really difficult one to answer but i think they've had enough drivers go they've cycled through enough drivers enough really good drivers that it just see it does seem strange that it's taken them until yeah. i guess it was just you know purely it's mercedes dominance yeah that's that a huge part that's what's that's the bigger part of it, I would say, than the standard of the drivers they've had. Because um, when you're up against, you know, Lewis Hamilton in the form he was in for that entire period of time, mm-hmm. and you've got Rosberg and Bottas in that other car as well, which were both absolutely at the top of their games for the most part. Um, maybe not Bottas towards the end, but, you know, that's by the by. Um, we, we don't need to talk anymore about <laughs> end performances at Mercedes. Um yeah, it's just, it's a surprising stat, but not unexpected given, yeah, that's, given yeah, that's the situation. Um, so, um, Red Bulls, they lost out to Leclerc at the start of the sprint race due to, apparently due to poorly synced gears, but um, they they definitely managed their tyres better throughout the, throughout the sprint yeah. race. Cause um, and yeah, most... it made a hell of a race for us, didn't it? It's so good, yeah. Um, that was actually the first time there was a pass for the lead in a sprint race as well. For all the excitement we had in sprints, the winners. It's not often just... you get a pa- <laughs> It's not very often you get a pass for the lead in. A <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> never mind a sprint race. Two thirds uh, are short. Um, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was good. It was one of the better sprint races we've had. I think. Um, definitely. I mean, Max just played it perfectly. He just like kept the tires in the window they needed to be with the life they needed to be until the point where yeah. Leclerc's just fell right. I mean, another lap or two, and I think Perez would probably have got Leclerc as well. He was just hemorrhaging pace towards the end there. 
Yeah, well, it's just munching. It was munching tires, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think a lot of it is sort of the level of downforce on that car, and it's just well the way the way that car is managing its tires is obviously clearly not as not as uh, it's not as kind to them as what the Red Bull is. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of sort of sprint races and going back to that for a second, this race felt the sprint race felt like a mini Grand Prix almost to me. It felt a lot more like a, an actual race than what previous sprint races that I've seen felt yeah. like. Previously, they felt kind of like a, what's the best way of putting it? Kind of like incomplete. Like they did, mm-hmm. they felt like they were missing a lot of what makes a race great. Whereas this race definitely had a lot more overtake. They, they, they felt quite processional, I think, yeah. to say, well, over sprint races. And this one didn't. This one had a lot of action and a lot of stuff going on. I was going to save this to later on, but now you brought up a mile as well. We might as well get into the sprint. Do it. Um, it. It was, I agree with you, it did seem to have a lot more going on. And I think for the large part, that was a result of qualifying, providing us with a bit of a mixed up grid. But the kind of flip side of that is like, you, you we, after qualifying, we had this grid where you'd got, you know, a McLaren and a Haas in third and fourth that you wouldn't have expected. You got Alonso right up there. Perez was mm-hmm. down in seventh. Signs down in tenth. Really exciting grid. And then you have this sprint on Saturday that, for the most part, just put everyone back where they were supposed to be. So by the time you got to the Grand Prix, it was kind of all of the fun of qualifying had sort of gone away by the time the Grand Prix started, which just sort of. Yeah. I don't know. I found that a little disappointing, to be honest. Like when you have an exciting mixed up grid like that, that makes you excited for what the race is going to produce. And it's like, oh, actually, no, we'll have this little sprint and everyone can just shuffle back to where they're supposed to be. And yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. Definitely. It's, I, I, I 100% agree with that. It's a major think... problem with this three sessions that dictate the order for each other. It's. Yeah, it's silly. Yeah. It shouldn't. It just shouldn't be like that. I mean, there's a whole... We can get... Let's just do well, this. So <laughs> I had this down for later in the episode, but we're just going to do it now. So um, sprint races, why are they still doing this? And has anything actually really changed since last season? And I would say, my opinion is no, it's exactly the same. No, it's, it's more of the same and it's not... It's like you said earlier, there's just some there's something missing from the format. It's not it, it doesn't stand alone on its own well enough. And it's a lot of the time kind of to the detriment of the other sessions. Like I I get having more competitive sessions in a weekend and having it across three days rather than two is good in a lot of ways, but I just I, I again without getting into the other formats you could do again, because we've you know, flog that horse so many times, but like, yeah, there are so many better I mean, I'm ways happy you to can do, do it. And I'm happy to flog. That do, you want, horse. do you want to know the really bad news? All night. Go on. The really, really bad news is there's an FIA statement released a little while before we started recording, saying, um, uh, blah 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 blah. Formula One and the teams were supportive of an extension to six sprint race events for the 2023 season, running with oh, the same God's format sake. as in 2022. What? Yeah. This is, it's just, it's so, yeah, they think that by adding extra points makes more of a difference. Like, 
no, we're still watching the same thing. We're still yeah. watching the same thing that no one liked last year. So why does making more points make a difference? It just does make it makes absolutely no difference to me. Apparently, it's popular with fans and stakeholders, according to the FIA. I just, Is it? <laughs> it just feels like they it's like they came up with one format for it, which was the most watered down format they could get the teams to agree on. Yeah. And they've just not made any effort to change that. Well, they've changed the points. That's it. And now we're going to have six of them. So great. Great. Fun. Um, so, like, yeah, my feeling is first of all, there, there isn't enough, there really isn't enough practice running before qualifying for me. Like, the teams, it, it made qualify. The reason qualifying took so long, rain aside and changeable conditions aside, they hadn't had enough time on the track to get used to it. They've got, they've had an hour of practice before they go into I qualifying. Don't is that in mind that it, it's it's a bit trickier in like wet conditions like we've had this weekend, but I don't mind them having less practice time in principle. Like. I would prefer to see like teams given the given they don't have any testing time either. I think, and given that it's a new, I hope maybe I'm just being a little Mercedes fanboy here, and I want to say <laughs> have more time to get their car better. But um, it's not even that. It's like it's more just like quality. The whole weekend felt it feels a bit rushed to me. Like it feels mm. a bit, almost a bit too, too much going on. I, I, the reason I like like practice on a friday is because i can watch practice and while i'm doing it's one of those things where like if you if you have that opportunity if you work if you can watch it while you're working it's great Mm -hmm. because you can just it's the sort of thing you can have on in the background without when i'm not working for f1 you can have it on in the background and have just your day going and just be getting on with it and you can just sort of enjoy the sound enjoy the, like the mini podcast kind of thing that is, that is commentary for practice yeah. and that's usually quite fun there's usually quite a lot of insight within mm-hmm. that i think because they get people on and stuff and there's lots to talk about and you find out things about formula one that you wouldn't necessarily pick up on and i feel like we're losing like you're effectively losing a podcast episode every week that's, a, that's because a fair they're point. not that they're not talking about all this sort of side stuff, which is often really, really interesting. Um, so you get one of those and then you're straight into qualifying. And then the second practice session is just a waste of time. Like you've already had qualifying. So why do you need more practice? Yeah. Like, that second it's practice just is just the weird. strangest. I don't understand that. That's my biggest problem with this whole format is you've just got this ghost session right in the middle where they can't make any setup changes. They can't do it. Like they could have had practice one, had an absolute mare, not figured out the car yet. Then they're straight into qualifying, and then oh, we're going to another practice session for what? We're, we're stuck with this crap car now that we've just got to that we can't make any changes to. It's it's purely so, for TV, isn't it? Like it's purely so they can have something on Friday and something on Saturday. Because um, yeah, the the better format would be two practice sessions on Friday and then exactly. qualifying the sprint on Saturday. But exactly. they know if they put two different sessions at different times on Saturday they're not going to get as many views. And that's kind of what it comes down to, unfortunately. Mm. For me, this is all kind of remedied by making the sprint format more interesting. 
Mm-hmm. If you like, like uh, do something like, and I, and I still think Friday and Saturday have practice one and two on have two practice sessions on Friday and Saturday, or just have two hours of practice and don't have the, the practice session on before um, the sprint race because you, you, why do you need that practice session before they can't? It's literally just cars going around the track, not actually doing anything, not actually making sound yeah. changes, not actually tuning the cars which again is like a really interesting thing to see during a practice session people doing long runs people sort of figuring out what their cars are going to do over the weekend things yeah. like tire wear you know would ferrari have had the same tire trouble that they had in the sprint race if they'd had a meaningful second practice session probably not they probably would have got a better setup but because they can't change that setup after qualifying because you're in part ferme then it's ruined their race you know two yeah. of their races it's ruined two races for them I mean, to me, that's not really that. I don't think that's right. It like, feels. I feel like if you're going to give them the practice session, make it useful to them. Yeah, like it just feels quite. I don't know, like a little artificial and just like a gesture, at like yeah. filling out the sessions kind of thing. But it doesn't actually mean. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weak. It's just super weak. It's, it, it's like they're out of ideas. It for, just all. For that it all comes thing. back to. What they should have been doing with this is what the fourth sprint weekend we've had now. Yeah, that should have been four opportunities to try some tweaks to the format and see what works. And they've just done mm-hmm. one and gone, yeah. People watch yeah. that. Done. We'll have six of them next year. And like, literally, that's it. It's exactly what it is. And that is the biggest problem with Formula One is that whatever they do, the fans will just eat it up. And it, you know? yeah, I mean, it, people listen to us talk about Formula One. So <laughs> there's there's your case in point. <laughs> Even when they're trying to do something like innovative and different, they're doing it in the safest, dullest way they can find. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily even that. for me. Look, here's here's my per- my perfect weekend. I've said this a million times. My perfect Formula One weekend is Friday practice one and two, like an hour, both practice sessions. Um, Saturday morning have qualifying. Saturday afternoon have uh, reverse grid sprint race mm-hmm. with um half points well we're probably this po- points format now will yeah. probably work quite well for it um and then sunday have a regular world championship race and then the, the teams at the back who are not scoring any points have an opportunity to score some points and it spices up the championship all the way through the field not just for the the front guys so exactly yeah <sighs> anyway um, Anyway, so yeah, we we're not so safe to say we're not fans of the sprint race format in its current guise. No, remain unconvinced. And it's and it's in, in the guise of its immediate future by the look of it. It's, God, man, I wish <laughs> I just wish there was something we could do about that because it's 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 crap. It's not good for me. It's not exciting. It's not. It's just a it's just a race start with a red flag after a third of a race, and then yeah. it's an overnight red flag, and they start the race the next day. Like, be better there we go yeah right anyway so where were we we're talking about red bull Um, Bull. so they lost out to uh, max Verstappen lost out at the start of sprint probably sink gears but he did manage his tires better at the end and he he took leads toward the end it was a really the sprint race itself was actually a decent bit of racing Mm -hmm. um he had a better start in the grand prix um and he just never looked back max Verstappen. he was in control from the very beginning of the race and um he just so he pretty much ran away with it. Yeah. Um, Perez, um, not a 
great qualifying to start seventh, um, but he was up to third in the sprint and then he passed Leclerc at the start. Um, had a close battle through the race, but ultimately it was a comfortable um, second place. Partly because they didn't activate DRS soon enough. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So, yeah. Some drivers were a lot more miffed about that than others. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Perez and uh, well, Perez and Christian Horner were yeah. very relieved that uh, DRS wasn't active. Pretty um, pretty perfect weekend for Red Bull, though, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess it's you'd call that the new Grand Slam, right? Oh no, he did. Did he get? Did he get pole? Does yeah, that, we were talking about it's, it's, it's like the new the new five tier Grand Slam. It's pole, sprint race win, Grand Prix win, fastest lap, and a fifth thing that I'm now forgetting. Someone lead every in, lap. Someone in the chat will remind me. Lead every lap, I think. Lead yeah, lead every lap. Yeah, but I, I I I still stand against that. A Grand for me, a Grand Slam has always been pole, fastest lap, race win. That's your Grand Slam. Yeah, basically whatever whatever Max could have done right this weekend, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. He nailed it. He nailed yeah, it. it was aside from like some shaky starts, like he he killed it. Yeah. So, um, he... and he looked confident even after he got overtaken. He looked pretty confident. The overtake yeah, he did on the club so. was like dominating. Yeah, as well. that was such a good really move. Well like, never thought I'd say that about Max Verstappen. <laughs> that's that's thirty four points. In a race weekend, the most it's wow. possible to get. Close That's the gap to what is it like? Uh, Not a lot. <laughs> Twenty-seven, I think the gap is now. It was uh, wow. it was more than two wins before this weekend, so it's what they needed after the ropey start they've had. Very much what they needed. <laughs> yeah, damn right. So onto Leclerc. Mm. Um, took second in quality by eight tenths. Um, Probably like not eight temps back to. Eight, oh yeah, eight was like to kind Verstappen, of... but I mean, it's a, it was a big gap between Verstappen. It was a drying and Leclerc, track, but yeah, drying track, lots of red flags. I don't think you can read tons into that. Yeah, I yeah, um, it, it was it's quite circumstantial. I think that big gap. I think yeah. like when you look at the race, like there weren't eight temps between them for most of the race. Um. Took lead in the sprint, but ran out of tyres quicker than most. He was under pressure from Perez by the end, as we've said. Um, got past Perez in the stops for dry tyres, but it only lasted half a lap. Um, the gap ebbed and flowed, but Leclerc wasn't able to pass without DRS, which some drivers suggested was race control waited too long to activate, as we've already mentioned. Um, Leclerc switched to softs for the last 15 laps, which Red Bull then mirrored. Um sensibly because mm-hmm. why not you've you've just got a free pit stop for both yeah, drivers. Smart thing to do. yeah and um yeah leclerc was pushing and he lost it didn't he the chicane at the top of the hill the uh very anti-alta yeah chicane. to try to take a big old bite out of the, the curbs yeah the curbs a bit back yeah, they did. Well, the the the, the curb sent him into yeah, curbs like out no. of space almost. Off yeah. you go, ridiculous. What was he thinking? It like, was why his his quote after the race was something along the lines of, "It was just a mistake. It wasn't me. Like trying too hard to make up for what hadn't been a great race so far." And I say that's exactly what it was because, <laughs> like, yeah, I think because he lost two places off the start. Was it Perez and Norris got past him? So obviously it took him a while yeah. to get, took him a few laps to get past Norris. He had been like dicing with Perez for a while. 
did him in the pits but lost his straight away. Yeah, I think he was, he was just pushing too hard. And it was... He was lucky to get away with it. He was lucky to keep going. Like... He, he managed to he hit was the very barriers lucky. pretty much completely side on, didn't he? So and quite softly, as it's like yeah. pretty much the slowest part of the circuit, I would say, just yeah. about the slowest part of the one of the slower parts of the circuit for sure. Um, yeah, it just it was just so clumsy. Um, yeah, you, especially on like such fresh tires as well. You don't expect to see. Yeah. I was just completely. I was shocked. I was yeah, absolutely aghast. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, and it's not often you see drivers of, of that caliber make that kind of mistake. Well, but it's you know what was ringing in my ear when it happened. <laughs> mm. And but it's it, <laughs> dare I even say it? <laughs> but like jokes aside, it, it, that is the kind of mistake that you're gonna see from a driver who is in his first title fight. Like, when's the last time you saw? I cannot remember the last time you saw Verstappen make a mistake like that, just like an unforced error. Mm, um, Italy last year, I could you could say when he tried to, when he climbed up the back of Hamilton. But even that's like in in dueling with another car. This was just yeah, like that, on his own, own pushing. Yeah. yeah, like obviously Hamilton at Imola last year had his off, and he managed to keep it going. But like you yeah. look at drivers of that level, and they. Those sort they don't of make those. Yeah, they don't yeah, make, they don't those, make those, those kind of mistakes. Like even what what it should have been really for Leclerc at this point in the Leclerc at this point in the race should have really been thinking more about the championship, thinking about damage limitation, mm-hmm. and making that points gap as small as possible to Verstappen because Verstappen's, you know, got he's got the Grand Slam this weekend and he's made a huge, 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 huge gain on on the clutter when he didn't yeah. necessarily need to make as big a gain as what he did. It could have been a third place and, you know, much, much less of a gain and a nice, still a healthy lead in the championship for the And as it happens now, it's not that not suddenly it doesn't look like, doesn't look anything like as healthy no. of a lead, doesn't it? Like, and there is like, it, it is a something in, in top drivers. Like it, it's, it's a weird skill to have, but there is a skill in, knowing when you've lost a fight and knowing to just consolidate yeah. what you've got. And if he had done that, as you say, he can't come home third, still decent points. As it was, he was, was yeah. sixth he finished in the end. Yeah, because he's, he, caught, Max, he's caught the Max Verstappen disease. That's it's the kind of thing called. Max might have done a few years ago, isn't it? Like It's the kind of thing that Max would have done last year. That not knowing when to mm. sort of call, you know, not knowing when yeah. you beat. It's It's that kind of... Vibe yeah. that I got from it, but at the same time, like he's so humble, <laughs> he's so <laughs> kind of like you can't help but feel for him. Like you, you know, like yeah, it's a mistake. People make mistakes. He knows he's massively messed up by yeah by making the mistake that he did. Um, he's let the team down. He's let himself down. Um, it shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have been pushing the way he was at that point in the race, but. It has happened. He's got he's got what twenty one races still to make up for it. Is it so... some ludicrous number? Yeah, yeah, ridiculous amount of races left. So I'm, ultimately, I'm he sure needs to lots... he needs to learn from that mistake and make sure it doesn't happen again. Because he's not if he wants to win this title, he's not going to be able to get away with many of those. For sure, you know you don't get many of that. You don't you get 
last year, no one got any of those no. in the championship fight. You didn't get, you don't, if you, if that happens to either of you at any point in the season last year, you've lost the championship. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so um, he pitted for repairs, dropped a knife. He was able to pass Magnuson, Vettel and Sonoda and he recovered to sixth. Um, next, we're going to talk about science. Science. Oh. Now, first of all, qualifying, that was just, what what was that about? Really like he went sad. out for a, a banker lap in Q two and stuck it for in the wall. Lap like, in Q one. Like why I don't what I don't understand is why they're sending out their drivers to do that in those conditions in the first place. I don't necessarily think this is Sites' fault. I think mm. the strategic decision to do that just seemed um seemed a bit silly. He did he did only just get through to Q like obviously he was already in the wall, so he wasn't gonna take any further part, but he did only just get through to Q three in tenth place. So it's not like he was super comfortable. So like I can sort of see I can yeah, you can see the logic in sending him out if they didn't think he was that comfortable making it through. But even so, like it's just a it's a weird place to crash. Like I don't remember seen anyone else crashing down there really um was that the one no yeah a few people crashed down there that was the that was the bit where people were touching their left wheels onto the no it was down at um the last corner wasn't it oh it was it was was the last corner wasn't it yeah and he was he was purely just pushing too hard through there i think yeah it was a strange was a bit of a strange one yeah but i just don't it was just unnecessary like i i don't i don't think they should have been he was comfortably through to Q one at that point. To Q three, sorry, at that point. Like so he was going to make it through the speed they had. It was, was going to easily going to make it through. It didn't need to do. Didn't, didn't need, need to be, be pushing sort of that messing hard. around that way. Yeah, yeah. So it was really, really unfortunate. Yeah. But he did manage to make up for it in the sprint race. So started in P ten in the yeah, yeah tenth on the grid in the fourth, and he got himself up to fourth. And so he made up for it. Like he mm-hmm. got as far as you could expect. I think given yeah. the sort of order of things and given the running orders at the moment um so yeah great drive for him really in 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 the sprint and i think at that point i was kind of rooting for him i'm thinking Mm. oh if he carries on driving like that for the rest of the weekend then he's gonna kill it but um we got to the start of the race and unfortunately for him i don't think this was his fault at all like he Yes, it wasn't a perfect start, but yeah. no one got a perfect start because th- that start was a lottery. It was a damp track. Yeah, um, both Ferraris on the inside were on like the seemed to be on both Ferraris got poor starts, and both Red yeah. Bulls on the outside lanes got much much cleaner, better starts. It looked like so. Um, before he knows it, he's got he's getting mugged yeah. <laughs> from all directions, <laughs> and. Yeah, Ricardo's like into the sort of Ricardo kind of lost it as well. Ricardo, you barely, it's barely noticeable, but there is like an oversteer moment, an understeery, oversteery, like just a yeah. lack of loss of control of the car that Ricardo has to correct in order to not go flying into everyone. Yeah, so. I don't think it was like particularly, it was definitely not malicious. It wasn't like, uh, Ricardo trying something that wasn't on. It was just no. It was just not. one of those things. It was just one of those first it was a racing incidents. Yeah, it totally, yeah, totally just a racing incident. It was just re- yeah. It kicked back at him. So he 
he goes into uh, into Ricardo goes into science and then just spins science around facing backwards and then <laughs> Ricardo for good measure almost climbs up him and then gets around him. <laughs> um, yeah that, I, I was gutted when that happened yeah I think too. science was in for like a half decent race if that had yeah. not gone on it would definitely but, have made um, Red Bull's life a bit trickier had he been in the mix strategically Definitely. I mean, they wouldn't have been necessarily been able to make, to mirror that pit stop. No, potentially not. Because um, obviously, if you've got science there not making the pit stop, and then yeah. they're sort of probably going to come out behind science or very close to science. So it makes it, it a very different race. It becomes a risk. Yeah, a very different race. So, yeah, just really, really, really unfortunate again for science. Two races so, in a row now ends lap pointing the gravel. Yeah. It's, but it, not even his fault this time. That was the thing. So, I mean, luckily for him, he's just signed a new contract with Ferrari. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, next hopefully next race will come good. It's a new track for everyone next race in Miami. So yeah, true. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Let's, already uh, forty eight points off his teammate after. Yeah, but if Leclerc keeps making these kinds of mistakes, well, then <laughs> he's got. A, he must have taken some solace from that. <laughs> what what Leclerc did. Yesterday, well, not yesterday. Sorry, Sunday was show himself to be very much human. He's not invincible. He's not no. sort of the machine at this point in the season that he needs to be if he's going to win the championship. I, he's I still a, a little green in uh, some aspects of uh, of the game. Yeah, certainly. But when you're having said that, front. he has he absolutely has the capability of being that machine that can pump in the oh yeah, pump in the fastest laps. You know the the pole positions, the race wins, lead the laps, all that stuff. He's absolutely capable of it. His raw he just pace is cannot incredible. afford. Yeah, he just cannot afford these mistakes. Though he mm-hmm. he really, really, really needs to focus now and put that behind him and get on with the job. And I think um, the word plagued is probably too much, but there's definitely <laughs> been there have been these kind of mistakes throughout his F1 career up to this point. It's true. I just, uh, having sort of like backpedaled so much about this <laughs> most overrated driver on the grid thing, please, please, please don't prove me wrong. Like, you know, please give us a championship. Yeah, give me the championship we all think you deserve. Anyway, um, next we're going to talk about Russell. Uh, so Russell was, like both Mercedes, was pretty unlucky um, with the red flags in qualifying. Um, pretty static in the sprint race and um, remained 11th from, uh, I think there, were, there was probably like some battling, but not, not too much going on. You no. didn't really see much of Russell's race, to be honest, in the, in the actual sprint race. Um, but the actual race start, um, he recovered a whole bunch of places from 11th on the grid, um, finished up fourth by the end of the race by the virtue of Leclerc's spin and science retirement and Alonso's retirement, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of other things happening. But yeah, he hasn't finished lower than fifth yet this season. And the only driver, I think, if I remember yeah, rightly. He's, he's literally is clinging on, isn't he, to the <laughs> tails of the front runners. Like <laughs> he he's really just is. about sort of like keeping himself in that kind of touching distance to, to those guys. So that if that car does miraculously become a race winning car even then let's not even talk about championship winning cars let's talk about a race winning let's even talk about 
it's cruel to say podium worthy car because he's had a podium. But, but is that car? Would we call that car podium worthy? It's it's not yet, not yet. It's getting there, but not yet. Uh, it is worth saying after mm. his after his pit stop when everyone switched to slicks. Um, there was some kind of equipment failure and they weren't able to reduce yeah. his front wing angle. So he was stuck on like a wet uh, wing angle for yeah. the rest of the race, which obviously... Understeering into oblivion for mm. the entire remainder of the race, which must have been awful. Yeah, so um, that probably made things a lot harder for him. Uh, and yeah. was probably why well, Bottas was so close to him. Um Good drive, though. Good drive yeah, to, really a, good to drive. defend against. So, yeah, towards the end of the race, he had Bottas um, all over him. Um, absolutely hair-raising, heart-in-your-mouth stuff yeah. towards the end of the race. Like, that was the that was the race, I think, wasn't it, that we were all paying attention to? Certainly the director at Formula 1 was paying a lot yeah. of attention to it. Um, it was good, though. And Very yeah, good. It was epic. It was really, really exciting to watch, especially, like, there's something about sort of between Bottas and, and Russell. There is, like, this tension between the two of them isn't there mm. oh yeah. yeah for sure for sure like that there's definitely like a backstory there that kind of obviously we everyone knows but for, for if you knew like russell taking bottas's seat is just such a <laughs> sort of cool pretext to that whole battle that was going especially on. after they at this very circuit last year they had that enormous crash as well yeah. That was it. There was a lot. There's a lot of kind of like history already between yeah. those two drivers, isn't there? Weirdly, um, and it just made it added that extra bit of spice that made that battle all the more tantalising. And it was just super, super exciting to watch. My heart was in my mouth the entire time. I'm uh, as a sort of Russell fan. I'm glad that Russell won, but also like kind of gutted for Bottas that he couldn't <laughs> do much more than he did. And it looked like he was going to get it. Like he, he looked very much. At, at times, like he was going to get him, especially those last two laps. Worth noting as well, Bottas lost about eight seconds in the pit lane for his on his second stop because he had to pit for a new front wing, I think, oh, in the did. first lap. And then his second yeah, stop yeah, on the switch to slicks had a gun. really slow stop. So, like, wheel gun. I think it was, yeah. And, like, you know, happens if, a lot to him. Yeah. It's a lot of wheel gun. If thing. you take eight seconds off Bottas's time, He's not that far behind Norris for a podium, so wow, yeah, mm. good, but good drives from both of those guys, though. Yeah, very, very good drives. Um, yeah, so that that I think that race needed that as well. Towards the mm, end, they were starting to get a little bit like, eh, but that those two catching up for for a, for a fourth position. I'm seeing the cars, phrase "DRS train" in the uh, live chat a lot, and that is yeah, very accurate. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Hamilton. Um, mm. Absolutely, absolute shocker in qualifying. <laughs> yeah, uh, partly due to red flags and bad luck again. Um, he had a bad sprint race. He didn't really do anything in the sprint race, and he had an even worse race start. I think he he got swallowed up a little bit in the race start. Yeah, he and did lost one or two positions. Um, both Mercedes, both look can't speak. Both Mercedes looked like they were braking a lot earlier than other cars to me into turn two. Mm. Um, so it was just unable to progress. Like that's the only real overtaking opportunity on the whole circuit other than the 
the bit there, Morris, Norris got Norris, what, Morris, who? And <laughs> um, when when Russell, sorry, got Magnuson up at the top at the chicane, that was a when what a move that was. Yeah. But Hamilton just didn't. He was all those on board. You saw, you could see, like he was trying to overtake. I think Gasly or Sonoda, and uh, it was one of the uh, Alfataris, and he was breaking like probably. 10 meters before yeah like he was breaking then the car ahead was breaking yeah that's how bad that car was it's on ridiculous. that day because hamilton is not someone who breaks like, <laughs> no early <laughs> you know it, so yeah i mean it, it's just been an absolutely r- rubbish race weekend for him um, yeah a, uh, another thing ruined his race and got him stuck in the sort of drs train was the Ocon unsafe release yeah which not a lot was made of that but actually that really did ruin his it really shuffled him back loads because mm. that, that that little field of cars in the middle there were all so sort of we're all so close together that anything like that was always going to like shuffle you down like a few yeah. positions and that's exactly what happened so and he probably to be fair pitted like one pit one lap too late i would say because i think two laps before he pitted he was on the radio saying it's not ready for um it's not ready for slicks and then i think ricardo came in and got did slip and was suddenly the fastest man on track by far the quickest car yeah as always happens in these situations it's just who's gonna bite first isn't it yeah um so if he'd come in that lap earlier I think he probably would have got the jump on a few cars, but the thing that they're worried about Mercedes is tire warm up. They they're really yeah. struggling to get the heat into their tires at the moment and get them up to speed. And you saw that as well, like when he came out of the pits, having just been having just lost positions because of the unsafe release for Ocon, he then gets swallowed up by other cars that have lap that have pitted a lap earlier than him, mm. and they've all got heat in their tires already. So yeah, yeah just an absolute disaster for Hamilton. I think. Another another part as well, like I've I've seen people describing this as Hamilton maybe Hamilton's worst race in a decade. Like wow, whether whether you blame him or the team for that is obviously you know you can debate, but like I can't think of many races worse than this that Hamilton's had in a very long time, um, and I do think the team playing a part in that. I don't. I think part of it is. Mercedes, even when in a race like this where nothing is going right for them and they're clearly not going to be scoring any points the way things are going, they still seem very reluctant to take any risks. Like they just kind of just, well, if anything, they played it so safe with Hamilton, they were too late pitting, as you said. And it's just like, under that circumstance, you want them to just be like, let's throw the dice. Let's try something no one else is doing. Worst case scenario, we'll finish 18th instead of 13th. Best case scenario, we get the jump on people and do something. Like, Mercedes yeah. always seem very reluctant to do anything like that. Well, they're in uncharted territory for them, mm, they really, are. aren't they, now? Like, they, they don't know how to sort of, as a team, maybe. Not not just, I admit, less so for Russell, because Russell's, like, been... Yeah. In, bad cars and knows how to get a lot out of a bad car and i think hamilton probably doesn't because he's always had good cars for so long suddenly you've got a bad car and it's like oh my goodness Mm. now what um i think 
Mercedes as a team, yeah, need to sort of focus, do more of what you're saying, definitely take more risks, because that's the kind of stuff you have to do when you're in this sort of midfield pack. The success comes from making, rolling the dice, making these risky choices and, and, you know, potentially losing that. But I think, like, where is the risk? When you're that, when you're already out of the points, you might as well roll the dice. They're just not used to having to do that in the first place. So it probably doesn't even occur to them to to roll the dice because they're looking at, at all. Yeah, they're looking at sort of how do you get the most out of that car on a given day yeah. in isolation that's to me that's what it feels like that's what that's what it feels like they're doing rather than focusing i mean you know i'm not a strategist i don't know they're probably not doing this but from the outside it's kind of the optics are we're going to do the best we can with this car and just do follow the textbook to do it the way we've always done it whereas instead they probably should be saying maybe we do pit one lap early and go for the undercut, mm. the undercut blah 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 all this because even last year like there were times last year when they when they were in the battle with Verstappen where they sort of slipped up strategically like we remember yeah. joking like at, the, at times last year we were joking that they they'd swapped strategists with Ferrari. yeah totally <laughs> you know so yeah they're definitely even though last year they were fighting with Verstappen like they still haven't got to grips with this sort of close fight strategy but then at the same time you know strategy is a lot more difficult to call when you're in much closer fights yeah totally and when you're surrounded by cars ahead and behind you you know what there's there could be any number of strategies that could make any number of differences to your positions so yeah uh, it's but yeah it's a really really tough situation for them i remember saying after turkey last year it was like strategy bot 3000 says we shouldn't pit yet it's like well, oh my god everyone with common sense says you should sort of thing yeah so yeah so mercedes um porpoising let's let's talk about porpoising again did you see how badly that car was bouncing up and down it's almost getting worse isn't it it's... yeah it does not look better in fact george russell yeah. said after the race like this isn't sustainable like i mean he would he... say that well he he said that like he came out of the race like with back pain and like chest pain it was that bad like i mean chest pain is pretty scary yeah it's it's not it's not good he broke he's got a broken sternum from being yeah bounced up and down so because like the the ferrari seemed to have it bad as well but the mercedes seems to suffer from it sooner much more violently it's It's just incredible that you know. Okay, it's only race four, but like, I really and they haven't thought got any updates yet. Yeah, but I really thought that have started to get a bit un, more under control by now. They just seem to not understand the car still. Absolutely, yeah. That's it. I, you know, I was saying like at the start of the season that don't worry, they'll it's just a yeah. setup thing. They'll dial it out, like they'll figure it out, and it just seems as though everything they're trying is not working it's not a happy camper there is it dial it out yeah i wonder if like i mean there must be some like mad setup compromises they've had to make obviously they're running it oh, way high you can see how much higher that car is when on some of the replays when you see the slow-mo replays if you look at the gap between like the floor and the rear tire there's like mm. I mean, i'm joke i joke it when i say but there's like a foot between the floor and <laughs> you could climb thing. under there it's just yeah, when you compare that to like the, I saw some analysis where it compared like that to the Red Bulls and the Ferrari, and the Red Bull looks like about 
an inch. The Ferrari looks a little bit less than an inch. And the Mercedes looks like two inches. Like It's a huge, huge, huge gap in comparison to the two. And it's because they're having to raise it so high that I guess like they, they still want like the softness in the setup of the springs for the for the suspension to give the car like more compliance. But I wonder if they need to go the other way. I wonder if they need to go super, super stiff with the suspension and just see if they can get that car like at a similar ride height for all that. I wonder if they've tried, they probably have tried it. Yeah. Or maybe they haven't because they've had so little time to practice. They've had four hours of practice session, four hours of tweaking. Well, no, eight hours now. No, seven hours of practice tweaking time because the eighth hour of practice that we've had this season was a non-session and i can only assume this is not a problem they're able to replicate accurately enough with the simulators to use that to help tune it out otherwise again they probably would have done by now yeah yeah not not a happy camp at mercedes at all no and the other thing, of course, is they've lost all their sort of fancy suspension, haven't they? They're much more yeah. basic suspension systems this year. So that's there's so many areas where they where they're just you can see that car is like it's not there. There's there's a but it's not just the poor pointing. There's a bunch of things that they were exploiting with the old rule set that yeah. gave them a huge advantage. I think all of that has just disappeared. All so, gone away, and it's exactly what everyone wanted. <laughs> So, well, exactly what sort of everyone who isn't a Mercedes fan wanted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's part of me is like, did they really need to get rid of some of the suspension stuff? And part of me is like, it's kind of good to see the order get shaken up. It would be nice if like there was a bit less of a gap between sort of Ferrari, Red Bull and everyone else. I would prefer to see like everyone else that bit closer to That's them. That's the thing. So it's like more wild. It's nice to have different people fighting at the front, but I don't think that needs to be at the expense of other teams. Like I want yeah. Ferrari to be racing for wins in addition to Mercedes and Red Bull, not instead of exactly, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not like happy to see like one team just suddenly just be out of the mix. Yeah, you know. It, yeah, but it having sucks. said that, like we could get you know we could get to Spain. And they could, this whole thing could be them wait. They, maybe they know what they're updating. Yeah, maybe. They're trying to like slow down everyone else, like make everyone, it's kind of like a weird kind of sandbagging. They know they're not going to have this update until X time. Uh, this is madness. What am I talking about? It's not sandbagging, <laughs> is it? They're, they're, they're losing races. Yeah. Anyway. They're just hoping <laughs> that the next upgrades, the, there's a lot riding on their next upgrades. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, no one's enjoying it at Mercedes, that's for no. sure. Um, yeah, so let's talk about Norris. Yeah. Um, third on the sprint grid. Um, lost out only to a resurgent Perez and Sainz. They're the two cars that you would expect him mm-hmm. to lose out to. So I really can't really fault that. Although I would rather McLaren were fast enough to compete with those cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, fifth on the, on the race grid proper and um, recovered to third off the line before losing out to Leclerc and eventually bringing it onto Perez. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah and then yeah. eventually bringing it home third after Perez, um, after, sorry, after Leclerc's demise. Off. And yeah. Um, so, what a result. 
Yeah, quite, it seemed like quite a quiet drive for him. There were, there were a couple of moments of fighting, otherwise he seemed to be on his own for most of the race. But um, yeah, kept it together. It. Re- really good drive. Nailed it. Really, really good drive. It could be my driver of the day, Norris. He's, he's, he's definitely an option. Um, mm. Yeah, he's, he's good in those sort of tricky conditions. Like he nearly put it on pole here last year in similar conditions and he was among the fastest time. Yeah, really, just a really good drive. Um, yeah. Good to see McLaren up there. This is much better than I would have expected after the second test, that's for sure. I think so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, not much more to say about that, really. It's no. just it's pretty. He must have driven the wheels off of it. He must have driven them flawlessly to, yeah. to achieve what he did. And yeah, fair play to him for doing it. Um, so just go, to go through some honourable mentions, some also runs. Um, Bottas had a decent race, starting seventh, fighting for fourth by the end, as we mentioned. Um, lost about eight seconds in a slow pit stop. Maybe could have been in for a fight for podium. We've, as we said, we've already mentioned that. Um, Vettel, Vettel started thirteenth and progressed to eighth in his first, I guess, clean weekend and yeah. his second race weekend of the season. Um, I don't, you know, I wonder if the Aston Martin is all that bad. Based on that, it definitely seems to be like they've they've had some very tricky races but if you kind of look at just the pace of the car it definitely seems to be race on race going in the right direction for which sure. is, yeah 100% which is really good to see yeah so um yeah i, I do want to see so I, i'm looking forward to seeing another clean weekend mm. from vettel he'll be really happy with that as well after sort yeah. of you know there's a bit of talk of like People running their mouths saying he's going to yeah. quit and this kind of stuff. Just silly things. He's had one race this season. He's gone. His first race has gone badly. He had COVID. He's not going to quit. Yeah. That's madness. Um, uh, double points for them as well. Strolling 10th. Lifts yeah, them off tenth. the bottom of the standings. Yeah. Up in 10th or down in 10th? Probably for Stroll, up in 10th. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Given how the season's gone so far. Yeah. Sonoda, 16th in quality, up to 12th by the end of the sprint and 7th in the Grand Prix. Um, yeah. Very good result for Sonoda. Really good. Um, and then we've got um, Albon, no points in 11th, um, but from last after Quali finished ahead of Alphatauri. Oh, yeah, because his brakes exploded in qualifying, didn't they? <laughs> I forgot about that whole thing. Oh, yeah, of course they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Bizarre. And apparently that was just because like they'd left the brakes in the wrong setting or something. And they just—they're so sensitive. Blew themselves like, to about pieces. This guy is so sensitive. Yeah, literally. Like, well, that was the tire going because the tire was basically being melted off. Yeah. Thing, so the air just jumped out of the tire because there was nothing there right mess. strong enough to hold it in. There were just like <laughs> chunks left behind on the track, still on fire yeah. afterwards. As well. That's crazy, crazy, crazy. But um, um, yeah, he did well to get back up to eleventh. Um, like he was beating yeah, faster race. cars on pace. Hmm. So yeah, that's that's basically all we've got for the race. One last talking point: DRS. DRS was activated clearly a little bit too late for it to make any difference for everyone. They'd all mm. caught each other up and formed a train before the DRS had been activated, and it like probably could have been activated fifteen, twenty laps before I, they did. I can understand the cautiousness with this circuit. Like it's it's there's a lot of you know trees around there's a lot of the circuit in shade it can be hard to tell you know what's wet yeah. what's just in shade you know we just stop raining there might still be watering off trees blah 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 so well, i get the, there's only one cautious, 
it's not like they're going around the whole track with DRS open. Like, yeah, it, they, where they, the DRS is, like, it's perfectly safe to have it. They still left it way too late. However safe way you want to be, late. it still felt too late. Yeah, it was, it was poor effort from uh, race control, I think. There. I think it almost felt like they'd forgotten to react. <laughs> forgotten about it. I don't know about you, but like when I was watching the race, I was kind of like, have they just... Because the, the line down the straight was like, almost completely dry and they still and then suddenly randomly oh he's activated now no oh, warning no nothing whatsoever just oh drs is active it's <laughs> like you definitely forgot to reactivate drs didn't you so yeah um, yeah bit of a weird one. dropped the ball a little bit there and it, i think it did affect the race sort of a, a few drivers races quite badly um obviously yeah. hamilton there was everyone in that train really like they should have been sort of each they were more spread out to begin with and then they all got close together in a regular sort of train and then the drs train just didn't make a difference to anything Mm. but at the same time you would have hoped that these cars wouldn't have needed drs to be able to but i I do still think this race has been a good advert for the new rules like there was definitely overtaking happening at parts of the circuit that we haven't had the last couple of years, which is kind of what we said last week we were hoping for. So yeah, definitely still 100%. a plus, but yeah. Yeah. So there we have it. I think it's time for us to pick a driver of the day, Chris. It's a hard one this week. Like Verstappen for was me, perfect. Verstappen just didn't put a, I know, I know we tend to go away from boring. like, we, yeah, we tend not to do the winner, but just to say, we haven't forgotten that. Verstappen was absolutely perfect. Um, Lando can make a really good argument for Lando. George 100%. Russell, you can also make a very good argument for. Yep. Bottas. For me, it's one of those two. Bottas, no, because you're fighting for fourth in a car that probably could have been. I suppose. Maybe could be better than fourth. I don't know. Uh, no, no, actually, he did have no, a slow he's stop. in the mix. He's in the mix. The slow, think, yeah, the slow stop is kind of masking that performance a little bit. I think it? Yuki is a shout as well. He had a very good race. It's not very often he beats Gasly, and definitely not by as much as he did. He was far no, and away the better of the two. And, and again, I, don't I know think... Gasly got DRS trained a bit, but and also you do, beating your teammate doesn't warrant driver of the day either. It doesn't, but for me, no, it's fair. Um, I think it has to be beating your teammate and a good finish and a, 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 you have to like outperform a situation. For me, it has yeah. to be situational. So like the reason like I like I like Russell for it is because he was fighting poor setup and he managed to hold a car at bay mm. under immense pressure for a what like five or six laps towards the end of the race yeah. on like on shot tires as well. Made some so, good overtakes as well. Made some good overtakes. He had a very, very good race. Norris, I think, just very, very good performances all weekend and was rock solid. So that's another reason why I would give that a driver of the day. And they're really like my my kind of two main criteria that I go for. I think if I had to make a decision right now, I would probably say Russell because it does feel to me like Russell had more to do to achieve what he did. Yeah. Whereas... Norris probably had a better car to do what he did with. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Tom Tom picked Yuki for his, and I, c- I can definitely see that argument. Um, I think I'm leaning towards Russell as well, given like 
the car he's driving, the fact that he was stuck with a wet setup when everyone else had taken some wing off. Um, yeah, I think we're getting done for Merck bias here. Yeah, but I don't see. I don't see how that's. But like, we've just justified it. Pretty yeah, I think there. so. I think so. Um, yeah, it's Russell for me as well. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so move of the day. Move of the day. Um, oh God. I mean, we might obsess some people again, but I think it might be George Russell again. To be honest. Well, I think Norris is again. Norris is a good shout as well. But the, the Norris's race start was a hell of a start. But they, does that count as a move fully? Uh, was that him having a good start, or was that other people having a bad start? Yeah, also true. Also true. I can. Okay, I'll back down there. <laughs> I um, think Russell's move on Magnussen was extremely good. Um, yeah, in, in a in a place where no one really expected. An yeah, into the he's the only person to do it there all weekend Chicane, yeah. in Formula One. And then the lap after Bottas got Magnussen into the penultimate corner at the bottom of the hill, which was also an extremely good move. Um, it's a shame they're both Magnussen yeah. on the receiving end of them, but yeah. Um, I'm actually. I think I, I think Bottas just to avoid the Mercedes bias. I think we have to. I, <laughs> I think, think I it's, to give it to it's a tricky place to make a pass as well because like it was still it was wet. still wet. He was going around because it's not you're not running straight down that hill. It's kind of kinks to the right. Yeah. So yeah, and I you've think... got to go a long way around as well. He went the long way around the corner into the into yeah. that zone as well. So yeah, I, I, and Magnussen's not an easy guy to get past, especially no, he's very in much corner, not. So. Okay, yeah, I yeah. can go with Bottas. Um, Bottas. Let's go Bottas. And then finally, a WTF moment. Hold on. Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? Um, Chris, anything? So, I've seen a lot of people mention Alondo, Alonso's side pod just tearing itself to pieces, which was kind of cr- Like, what are they making their side pods out of? Like, it just well, had, he, got, like, he got damaged though, didn't he? Barely. There wasn't a hit. ton of no, damage it looked like. No, nah, no, nah, Schumacher, Schumacher like oversteered, lost lost the car, the rear his his rear okay. left speared in well, smashed into the floor and side put of the car and eventually it must have cracked it. So yeah, just getting him, it just blasted it. Tore a chunk off. Yeah. Um there's nothing there was nothing wrong with the construction of that car. It was definitely a, <laughs> a result of an impact. It was a heck of a failure though to just like fly off. Yeah. Um it was a bizarre one. I think the thing that stuck out for me was when Leclerc was in the wall, you, we saw him like pulling back onto the track and then the TV director just cut to Carlos <laughs> signs his face and just really slowly zoomed out of his face while everyone's going, is Leclerc back on track? Is he damaged? Is he going to make it? Is yeah. he out of the race? It's like, no, we're just going to slow zoom out from Carlos's face for a good 20 seconds. It was yeah. so weird. I, I can absolutely go for that. Um, yeah. I thought it was the strangest thing of the whole weekend. It was really bizarre. Uh, Tom and just also, obviously, go um, on. Le, well, Le, Leclerc, the incident itself with Leclerc is obviously yeah, massive. That's another one. Um, Tom wanted an honourable mention as well to uh, in F2, Cordell's just whole weekend, basically. So he was already on... Uh, four penalty points from the first two rounds 
Um, you got two 10 second penalties in Bahrain for speed in the pit lane. Um, he passed a stopped car in Jeddah at like full speed under double yellows and red flag and got a bunch of points there Whoa. as well. Then this, this weekend alone in, at Imola, he got three penalties for exceeding track limits, um, which ultimately gave him a five-second time penalty. Uh, oh, no, sorry. He got an initial warning, then a five-second time penalty, then a 10-second penalty, then a drive-through. Then he did his drive through. That's like that's like on the game where you just keep getting penalties. Yeah, keep racking like, them. Well, up. I'm just gonna keep driving. I don't um, <laughs> then for good measure, he did his drive through. Then immediately got another ten tech penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Oh um, my goodness! So after after three events now, so a total of six races, he has accrued nine penalty points. Bearing in mind that twelve get you a race ban, and because he's a rookie none of his points um, are going to expire anytime soon. So at the race he's going, he's going to get a race ban after like round four. Um, wow. Bit of a that's WF, really I think it's fair to say. Yeah, that is that is hectic. I don't know if that's the right person for that. Apparently he car, did 99 maybe? kilometers an hour in the pit lane. That's not even like a little bit over. But, the, like, but was it, I mean, that makes it sound like it was just, steaming through the pit lane but obviously he can't have been it would have been just he outbraked himself going into the pit lane probably surely or he hadn't put his limiter on and expected it to or something either way yeah maybe it's not that you wouldn't you'd know no sane human no he's gonna drive through a pit lane at 100 kilometers an hour basically when you said 99 but i'm gonna say 100 (laughs) why not um but yeah I'm, i'm gonna nominate the weird zoom um signs his face yeah, I can go for that. I think that or Leclerc, and it's there's, there's, I always enjoy the sort of dodgy <laughs> director decisions, WTF. So let's go. We've not had tree cam for a while, actually, have we? No, I'm sure it'll, I look forward to tree or any other sure kind of surface. weird cam. Actually, yeah, it'll come back. No, we haven't. We're, we're science face cam. <laughs> um, um, right. Shall I do, some, do some predictions? Yeah. Do you want me to yeah. run you through them? Let's if- let's power through them really quick it won't take long to do our predictions we got one point between all three of us um there was too much faith in carlos signs well too much faith in ferrari basically from us cost us three um i got a point for perez in second um in terms of listeners the highest score this week was mike hartley who got four points um the only thing he got wrong was first dnf and in fact only one person got signs as first dnf this week uh that was Matt Corbassier, I believe that is. So congrats to you for getting that. Uh, in the standings, Vinny Blanco is now top of the standings on nine points. Uh, Gary Vinall and Jane Berger are both equal second on nine on eight points. So all very close to the top still. Um, in terms of fancy league stuff on the Grid Rival League, uh, the Green Lantern Corps remain at the top of that league. And then in the official F1 fantasy, also no change. The top team odors remain on top as they have been for hmm. most of the season so far. Um, as always, if you want to get involved in any of that stuff, you can go to backthegrid.com where you can see the predictions league and where you can uh, sign up to take part and links to our grid rival and F1 fantasy pages as well. Cool. Which takes us to... Is... Keep it saying now. Stay, stay out. <laughs> Box, box, box. Hey, man. <laughs> the laugh at the ass always. Every time. Me. 
every single time. Um, I'll go first. McCheco says, um, we've got a couple actually similar themed here. So first McCheco, after Imola, do we feel Charles and Ferrari have the maturity and bottle to take the championship to Red Bull? Spoken like a true Red Bull fan. Assuming they've resol- assuming they've resolved their reliability issues, Red Bull feel like the stronger package to me, having been through a championship battle last season and with Perez having found his feet. Again, spoken like a true <laughs> Red Bull fan. Um, Simon Molyneux says, after all the hype, it's clear that Red Bull have done a great job with their car. The number two driver running so close confirms this, and Max looks to be untouchable. I think he's running less. Th- I think he's running at less than Max. <laughs> Can Ferrari respond? Have they got capacity at least to develop the car? And can Carlos turn around his poor look? And will Charles rue the airborne moment? Well, yeah, I'll definitely rue the airborne. <laughs> definitely be, rue that. be ruining the airborne moment for a while. Um, um, I think kind of to to bundle all that together, I think the sort Yeah, of... there's a question in there somewhere, Chris. <laughs> um, I think if, if this season ends up being... Because so far, it seems like... Although overall you'd say Ferrari have been the faster car, it's not completely cut and dry, and that's the advantage has kind of swung backwards and forwards a bit. And I think if it ends up being a whole season of that, the experience Great. of fighting for a championship that Red Bull and Verstappen have got might end up being the difference because Ferrari it's- and Charles were sort of making the mistakes of a team who's not used to fighting championships or haven't done so for a long time, I think. And I think that experience is going to serve Red Bull well. I think that's fair enough. I think we've, I mean, we've done the Leclerc thing to death now, but yeah, Yeah. I think like, like I was saying, like I think he he can't keep making those kinds of mistakes. No. um, Because that's what's going to cost them the championship. If things like that will cost them the championship, they need to be gone now. Like right now, like he cannot be doing stuff like that. He can't be making those kinds of mistakes. Those are valuable points he's given up on there. Um, I think like part of it comes from the fact that they are thinking about the championship. They were going for the fastest lap points. They were trying to stop Red Bull from getting them, and that's important as well. So to say that Ferrari aren't necessarily as experienced in going for a championship, they're clearly thinking about the championship. Otherwise, they wouldn't be making these decisions. No. But it's... Um, I think it's just the, I think it's driver error. I think it's all down to the driver. I think Ferrari got it right. Ferrari should have been going for the fastest lap, but because they had nothing to lose, like why and why not put them on the? Because anything can happen. If you force that other team to do the pit stop, something could go wrong in their pit stop, and you suddenly could find yourself in the lead of the race. Mm-hmm. You know, so by force, I think it's fair that. Ferrari did the strategic choices they did. I think Ferrari as a team got it right. I think Leclerc made the mistake and it's it's costing the points. And, yeah. and that's what it'll be ruined. This one really is all Leclerc, sadly. Um when you when you boil it down that way. So to answer the question of will that experience make a difference, I don't think Ferrari have got any trouble winning championships. I think they'll be absolutely fine. It's gonna I, be their drivers if there's a problem. Yeah, it'd be, it's, it's drivers that's going to cause issues, yeah. not teams in this yeah. instance. Ferrari have won plenty of championships. <laughs> uh, next, Paul D says, I think sprint races are a waste of time, but I do think if they're going to continue, they need to be at all races to make it fair, given that some cars are better at some tracks. 
thoughts. Yeah, totally. Like, absolutely, definitely. I could not agree more with that. I think it's crazy that sort of some, you know, some of the cars, some absolutely, especially with these cars, like there's always going to be situations where where one car reacts better to a circuit than others. Even things like down to the asphalt, certain cars are better on their tires at certain circuits because of that. So yeah, I'd be interested to know like what who's involved in the decision making of what track yeah. and what their what their sort of thinking is for these. Because um, it is weird, like in Bahrain, Leclerc completely dominated the weekend, yeah. basically did everything he possibly could and he got 26 points at Imola Verstappen did the same thing and he got 34 points and yeah why is Imola worth more points than Bahrain like yeah it stinks kind of doesn't it like this is another reason why they need to really be careful with this sort of it's weird race thing I wonder if like it just needs to be its own separate thing like it needs to be like a sprint championship and that's just the sprint races they're like a different series almost but then the te- are the team's going to want to risk their race cars in a something that doesn't matter that's always going to be the the counter argument isn't it mm. well then in that case then they just need to make it reverse grid because at least yeah. then if you've got the best car you're at a best car for that circuit you're at a dis- well you, you, if you've got the championship lead you're at a disadvantage kind of thing you know mm-hmm I, but, but then is that? But then Leclerc had the championship lead and was at a disadvantage because his car wasn't as good at, at this circuit. We could get to Miami next week and Leclerc have like an absolute another dominating performance. Yeah, this could it's... be a flash in the pan from Red Bull. This is the first race that Red Bull have actually looked like winning. Like the others, even though like there were retirements and stuff, it still looked like Ferrari were going to win to me. Yeah, like obviously Max winning Jeddah, but that was super close. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's early days. The long old season. Yeah, long long season. And probably talked probably talked a lot of rubbish during the answer to that question. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Lawrence says, "Do we think Aston Martin have gained ground after their double points finish, or was that simply due to the nature of the track and varying weather conditions throughout the weekend?" Well, the race, uh, the sprint race, uh, maybe. It, I mean, obviously. <laughs> Very conditions do mix up the order quite a lot, don't they, usually? Yeah. I definitely think... I mean, where, where were they in qualifying? 13th, I think, was Vettel. Oh, no, Vettel was 9th and Straw was 15th. So, like, that's a little better than I've been doing, but it's not, like, colossally so. So it's not as if the rain massively flattered them in qualifying. Um mm. I mean, it's, ultimately, you can't say for sure until we've had another race or two, but I definitely think they've taken a step forward. I think so. I think they're on the. I think the fact that Vettel's had sort of a race and then he's got he's had a relatively decent weekend under his belt this weekend is going to do him a world of good. I think he'll go into the next race sort of optimistic mm-hmm. and hopeful that he can keep keep up the good work and do do a better job. So. Let, let's hope that, that he does. I don't like to see Vettel in a crap car. Um, so it'll be nice if... It would be nice for that car to be improving. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, next one? Next, from Kilowog. How many more races do we need to see K-Mag drastically outperform Mick in the same car before we can start talking about Mick not meeting expectations? 
He's being <laughs> consistently outdone by a guy pulled off a proverbial couch a month and a half ago, but he's given a consistent Schumacher pass. Is there a point in the narrative shifts and the honeymoon ends? We may have a new most overrated driver. <laughs> um, it's tough, isn't it? He's been pretty handily outdone by K-Mag basically every weekend, hasn't he, so far? Yeah, he has. Um, how long does it have to be before we start talking about it? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it right now. So We don't, we, we don't have to wait any longer. <clears throat> I'd like we've said many times that he's always been a sort of second season driver. Um mm. like he's he's mm. he's never gone into a series and like massively hit the ground running. It's always taken him a year, a year and a half to get up to speed. Yeah. So I'm hesitant. And there's a to... formula change as well. Formula yeah. change this year. So maybe so he needs I'm another season next year. Hesitant to judge him too harshly too soon. But on current evidence, he definitely needs he needs to step his game up. Yeah, for sure. I think the accident in Jeddah probably didn't do him much good. I think he, he's probably still recovering from that. That was a big, big, big hit. So that'll be having an effect on his performance for sure. It definitely would have knocked your confidence something like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it. Yes, there is like a bit of a pass just having that surname of course there is like yeah it's definitely helped him it's romantic to have that name back in formula one like people like to hear that name back in formula one so he definitely does get a bit of a thing and he probably brings him a hell of a lot of like sponsorship and stuff like that as well to have yeah he definitely can't hurt um my question is if schumacher is being this badly outdone by magnuson how badly would uh, would Mazapan be being oh, done by Magnuson? Even... He'd be like different league, wouldn't he? He'd just be yeah. where would Mazapan be? Would you think Mazapan would be like down at the bottom somewhere? Yeah, he would be. Sure. He'd be behind. Be. And Magnuson's been putting in such good performances. Like that car looks decent. Like, is the problem at Haas? <laughs> I think they've got crap drivers. And I think that's kind of the other side of this as well. Is like magnuson was always much better than that era of Haskar like allowed him to show like yeah he's now he's been stuck in a half decent car he's performing at such a high level especially for someone who's been out of the sport for a year yeah we've been we've praised magnuson like this entire season go back and listen to the other episodes of yeah this podcast if you want to hear us talk about magnuson because every episode we've mentioned him doing really well his career could have been so much different he just like yeah Never quite been in the right place at the right time, unfortunately. No, it happens happens a lot in Formula One. Yep. There's only really one play, one right place to be at any one time, and Hamilton's <laughs> been there for the last mm. what eight years. So it's very true. Right, next one. Um, Jeff S says, "Now that we are five races in, what are your opinions about how the new race director has been handling track limits violations?" Um, it used to be a major talking point of commentators and fans alike, and now we don't really think about it anymore. Do you think drivers are obeying track limits willingly, or is it more not wanting to damage the floor of these cars by running, wi- running wide? Unless you're clear on Sunday damaging your car in the air <laughs> and almost, launching your car in the air and almost crash and crashing. Um, I think it's more about the cars than it is about race direction. And the yeah. circuits we've been to as well are not necessarily like circuits where you can go offline and get an advantage or you're in a wall <laughs> mm. so 
Yeah, like Bahrain was when we used to have a lot of talk of it and didn't get any. Um, well, yeah, we'll see what happens when we get to places like Austria and, and I guess Silverstone's maybe one, maybe even Miami yeah. this weekend because it's basically yeah. built on a big old car park. Um, Circuit so of the Americas next weekend, a good say. one. Yeah. When we eventually um, get there. But yeah, a short answer is I think it's a bit of both. I think it is just now it's yeah. like there's a white line, don't go over it. It's There's no, a lot less faffing. But, yeah, you, but you're definitely. right. Like damaging damaging the floor of the cars is a much bigger penalty this year than... Um, Especially at this time of year. Yeah. So it's, it is hard. Making those floors is a manufacturing challenge to say the least. Like... Mm-hmm. It is, they are not easy things to put together, which is why they're such huge updates when they do come to the car. It takes a long time for them to produce those. So you don't want to be damaging them. And that's probably a big reason. And the suspension as well is different on these cars. This is, there's yeah. a lot less travel. The wheels, there's less suspension movement just from the wheel because obviously they had a big bag of air around the actual wheel, it's, <laughs> wheel itself. And there's a much smaller bag of air around it now. <laughs> Um, technical corner over here yeah so yeah these cars are definitely much more more sensitive to to curbs and that's that'll be a big part of why you know but also probably a bit of race direction too um sarah say is it me it's you i mean you're so keen you can do it if you want i'll do i'm at a start you you just love questions i just love them um (laughs) how similar would you rate the situation with Hamilton and Russell uh, and the one with Vettel and Ricardo of 2014. New relations, new young teammate, etc. Oh, she's talking about sort of um, so how does the current Hamilton-Russell situation compare with the Vettel-Ricardo situation in 2014? Yeah, because 2014 was Ricardo's first season at Red Bull and Vettel yeah. had a pretty rough year and Ricardo yeah. smashed him. Yeah. But pretty handily outdid the four-time world champion. Um, there's a parallel. There's definitely parallels, but there's uh, a long way to go in the season. Yet, there so. is. It's it's hard to see where the gap between Hamilton and Russell is coming from currently. Um, I don't, I don't know think if it's, either of them know where it's coming. No, from. No, I don't think anyone does. Yeah, from. and that's kind of their problem, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the regulations, like. Suiting one driver more. Than... Nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I've... think it. Hamilton's been that. through a fair few eras of F one yeah. by this point. He knows his... his way. He knows his. It's not his first rodeo. He knows his he has way around. Literally won a race in every season he's competed in. So, yeah, I think he'll. Win. I do think as the season goes on, he will win a race. Oh, Matt, if he does, that's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, it'll. It might be like one of those mad races where mm-hmm. like crazy things happen. Might have to be. But I think it will happen. I, I think I still think they'll get on top of it. I, I wouldn't bet truly, against it. Yeah, I think everyone needs to calm down and wait until Spain. And if they're still in big, big trouble in Spain, then then it's time really then to start saying, all right, we're they're in some serious trouble. And maybe yeah. they need to start focusing on next year's car. Yeah, put some of this year's budget into next year's car. Mm. That, that's a realistic prospect that that could actually happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, next, Project F1 asks, what do you guys think of Ferrari's call to go for softs and what do you think of a strategy where they went for a second stint on mediums a bit earlier instead? Great race in the midfield. Um, 
the well, thing is, mediums they're just slower in general, aren't they? Across the and I, I also so. just think Red Bull would have mirrored them anyway. Yeah, I don't. I think whatever they did, Red Bull were going to mirror them and probably be a bit faster at it. So yeah, I'm not sure. There's a whole lot more that would have made difference that would have made really. I don't think there was like a significant enough difference between the pace of the two teams on different tires for that to make a huge difference. Is my gut feeling? Yeah, I I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that would have been a. That maybe we're wrong. Tell us, tell us we're wrong in the comments if you. Yeah, I know Project F one emailers dig into a lot of stats, so I'd be interested to know if there's a reason why you think otherwise for sure. Yeah. Um, last one then, David says, do you think Mercedes will be on the back foot now until 2026? Like all of the teams were compared to them when the hybrid era started, worried that they might not have a shout at the championship for three to four years now, a bit like Ferrari before this year. Well, um, like we said, like, we've, we've kind of like done this a bit, haven't we? Like wait until, I think wait until Spain before you start. Yeah, I think. Sort of wild conclusions. I think the thing is with the, with the sort of first block of the turbo hybrid era when they dominated that was like it was the engine that was the difference primarily like obviously they had to build a good car still but like it was the engine and the understanding of the engine that put them so far ahead of everyone else and the rule changes for this new era are very different to that so it doesn't feel to me like the sort of thing where you get it right at the start as long as you maintain that you're always going to be ahead like there's there's even if this season they don't achieve much by next year I'm sure they'll be back up at the front again yeah well and there we have it feels like a good place to end it yep so um, that's it from us this week Um, you can catch us next week when we will be previewing the inaugural is it the inaugural Miami Grand Prix it sure is it's the inaugural of this era, at least. So I'm sure someone will be very quick to correct us if we're wrong on that. Should one. probably um, see what the track looks like um, between now and then, because yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> it's been a long time <laughs> since I looked at that circuit. Yeah. So we will be back in a week to preview that. Um, in the meantime, you can catch us on all the socials, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and stuff. You can just search back the grid, and we will appear in your magic search box. And that is it from us this week. So it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Bye. <laughs> oh, no, I've got to press the button for the music, haven't I? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Tom's, Tom's away and it's all falling apart. Okay, bye. That's all staying in. It's fine. For sure. Yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine. That's why people like it, because it's slapdash. <laughs> 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 <laughs>